On this week's episode of Life and Lessons, I talk about the importance of being able to process your thoughts and I discuss the benefits of feeling comfortable talking to a camera. Hey, what is going on? Welcome to this episode number 43 of Life and Lessons. I'm Sean Spooner, and if you're new here, here's what you need to know. For 52 weeks between the ages of 24 and 25, I'm going to be recording and releasing a weekly podcast to see just how much my life can change in a year. This is the story of growing a business, of growing as a person, and it's a completely honest view into my life as I take on some fairly unusual things. And this episode right here is all about week number 43 in that journey. Right, hello. I hope you're well. I hope you've had a good week. Um, I don't have much to tell you about this week in the way of like exciting news. It's just been a, a really busy, productive, but uneventful week. It's been busy, but in a good way. Uh, As is probably the case with every marketing agency in the country, the three months up to Christmas become busier than ever as consumer businesses get ready to meet the demands of their customers and B2B businesses plough forward with setting the foundations for the year ahead. It just gets really busy at this time of year, every single year. And for us at least, that busyness, the Q4 busyness, really uh, kicked in this week. I was saying to Sarah in the office earlier that this whole week, Monday to Thursday so far, has literally just felt like one long continuous Monday, like it has been Monday levels of busy every single day. Uh, The flow of things needed my attention, has just been never ending and naturally it doesn't look like it's going to be slowing down anytime soon. But that's only a good thing in a climate like this, right? I would far rather that we're very busy than very quiet, so... I'm I'm fortunate. I'm grateful. I'm happy that we're busy, but nonetheless, it is uh, it's it's taken its toll, which is actually what I spoke about in um, today, Thursday. I forget what day it is. There we go. Today's uh, email newsletter, which is essentially that lots of the habits that I have put in place recently, I say recently, the last few years, um, have stuck, and continue to be a thing but as soon as we got as busy as we did in these last couple of weeks a few of the habits that I thought were quite strong that I thought would stick haven't they've kind of fallen over things like reading every night like um, taking time to plan each day ahead of time things like that I've just stopped doing not because I don't want to do them but just because there's only so many hours in the day and so um, I, I spoke about this in the email but what I'm going to be focusing on the ne- in the next few weeks is just trying to reinstantiate those habits, the ones that I thought were good, were strong, the ones I thought could be done on autopilot, but that have clearly fallen over as soon as, as soon as things got busy. I need to focus on fixing those, and so that's my plan. Um, but yeah, other than working, not a lot has happened this week. Um, I'm in the final stretch towards my driving test now, so the, the test itself is next Friday which is probably a week today by the time you listen to this. And I've had a couple of driving lessons so far this week. And to be honest with you, they have been perfect. Like, 
uh, maybe two weeks ago, I was telling you about how bad some of the lessons were uh, because things just seem to be not sticking. Um, we've gone the complete opposite direction now. I think it's just there has been enough time under tension whereby everything's coming together. So I have another long lesson on Sunday morning. We're going to drive into Cardiff, which is where my test actually is, have a little drive around on the test route and then... Uh, try and become at least slightly familiar with the lay of the land, things like where the test centre is, the possible routes turning left or right out of there, play with some of the streets around there and so on, because although I think I can drive on any road, anywhere, in any condition, at any time of day, uh, it would still be nice and it still will be helpful, I think, to just become ever so slightly familiar with the place where I'm going to be doing my test, because it's about... 40 minutes away from the office it's somewhere i've never driven before and so sunday will be interesting but yeah it feels weird now it feels very real um i'm sure if you drive you can relate to what i'm about to say because we all go through the same thing but a driving test is something that you work towards for months and months right and um it's something that i've been doing lessons for for months and with the stops and starts of coronavirus and the pressure of trying to get a test booked in when there were literally 300,000 other people trying to do the same it feels like this second leg of learning to drive which started earlier this year has been going on forever and it's about to end we're one week away from the test so the next week is going to be interesting it's going to be important I have a lesson on Sunday a lesson on Tuesday a lesson on Thursday and then Friday morning I wake up and yeah I do the test but I'm feeling good about it. I'm not superstitious, so I don't care about saying out loud what I'm about to say out loud. But if I'm honest with you, I think I have a good chance of passing right now. We're going lesson after lesson without anything that would be considered a serious fault. And unlike those recent weeks that I told you about, driving now does feel normal. Everything has fallen into place and just happens at the right time in the right spot on autopilot to a point where... I can now drive without it feeling like a high-pressure task. You might remember a few weeks ago I described driving at the time as like an attack on all of the senses. Uh, and that is, of course, not great when you're trying to relax and focus and do the right thing on a driving test. So that was always my biggest worry. But thankfully, I think we're past that. And so if I'm able to drive on the test in the same way that I have done recently... Uh, and in the same way that I will be doing on my remaining free lessons between now and test day, I think I should be all right. Look, anything can happen. I might fuck up. But I think more than anything right now, passing the test is going to be a mental challenge. A challenge of keeping calm and focusing on uh, what I guess is quite a stressful situation. Stressful because we make it stressful, right? Because there is that months and months and months lead up because... Um, if, if I need to book another test, it's going to be in three or four months time because of the backlog. There's a lot riding on what is essentially nothing more than just a 40 minute drive on a couple of roads. So I need to remind myself that it's a 40 minute drive. It's not an enormous test. It's not a big deal. It's not anything difficult. It's not anything I can't do. It's just driving on a few roads for 40 minutes and doing some sort of reverse park maneuver. Like it's easy. And it's something I've done dozens of times before. So that's the driving update. I'm sure I will talk a lot more about it this time next week when I record episode 44 because that will be on the eve of the test. That will be the very last thing I do before my driving test. I will record episode 44 
I'll go to bed, I'll wake up, and outside my front door the next morning will be Lewis, my driving instructor, ready to take me to the test, so I'm sure I'll talk more about it next week. But, in the meantime, I don't really have any structure for this episode. I just wanted to talk through a couple of thoughts with you. So these are things that I've shared elsewhere this week already on Twitter. Just like random things that had popped into my mind that I would typically have typed into the notes section of my phone but just happened to tweet. So all I want to do is just share those tweets with you and add some colour to them because I think that they're, uh, they're worthwhile thoughts to explore. So the first thought is actually about thoughts themselves. Last night I tweeted something that probably sounded quite weird. The tweet said, It's hard to process your thoughts with any level of clarity until you write them down somewhere. I said, My podcast and email newsletter are the most selfish things I produce as they give me an opportunity to to process my thoughts several times each week. And then I said, turn your thoughts into words. And then I went on to say, on the podcast, for example, I'm doing just as much listening as I am talking. I think we collectively spend nowhere near enough time turning the feelings we feel into words we can comprehend. Until you translate a thought into words, it's just a vague and hard to define feeling. Now, that's that's an out there thing to say. That's quite left field. It's, it's not the kind of thing I typically tweet, but... As I was considering this, the more I thought about it, the more I realised it's true, right? To suggest that our thoughts aren't much use until they're out in the open. And look, depending on what source you trust, we each have as many as 60,000 thoughts per day. 60,000 small things that pop into our mind, that take our attention for a moment and then they disappear almost as quickly as they appear. Now, there's something you learn in mindful meditation uh, in which you kind of watch thoughts as they come and go in your mind. And if you've ever tried meditation, you will know that thoughts come and go of their own will. You can't stop yourself from having a thought, nor can you hold on to a thought for even a moment longer than you want to. They just come and go. And so when you have a thought for the briefest moment, you literally have seconds to process that thought and try and make sense of it and then decide if it's something that you should spend more of your time considering. But to do that, or at least in my opinion, to do that effectively, you need to be able to capture the worthwhile thoughts. And to to go back to what I said in the tweet, that's kind of what I do with this podcast. I have random thoughts throughout the week. All of us do. I note down those thoughts on the notes section of my phone so that those thoughts are then captured. And then whilst either scripting the podcast or just thinking out loud, I then spend time developing those thoughts um, and getting out of them what I need to. And then on top of all of that, with the thoughts recorded, I then have a record of where my mind was at at any given time for future reference. I do that with a podcast, but it's not like you need a podcast to do that. You literally just need a notepad or even the notes section of your phone to capture and develop the thoughts that you find most interesting. Because I'm not sure about you, but there are sometimes it's tasks I need to do where it will pop into my mind six or seven or eight times before I finally think, right, fuck's sake, I need to 
put that into Asana or make a note to remind myself to do that thing because it's a recurring thought that just kind of keeps coming to the surface until it's dealt with. Uh, but that also happens with thoughts about life, with interesting concepts, with uh, questions maybe that I have, right? Until you capture a thought, it's no good. It's nothing more than a thing that appears steals your attention for the briefest of moments and then disappears and because there are like I say as many as 60,000 thoughts in your head on any given day it disappears to the point where you probably can't remember the thought like most thoughts aren't stored in any sort of logical way whereby we can go back to them unless we like I say capture and develop the thoughts ourselves so through doing this for 43 weeks uh, and through kind of the email newsletter, it's very similar when it comes to just kind of thinking out loud, developing thoughts in word, in written form. Um, I think that there are a lot of benefits to it. So it helps you understand yourself better, right? You, we all have thoughts constantly every single day. And those thoughts either come from something that we have done or thought about in the past or they come from something which we're thinking about doing in the future and it's only when you really dig into those thoughts and understand not only what they mean but why you have them that you begin to really understand things like what you actually value in life and your real goals and ambitions and um, I guess what guides you to do the things you do um And because of that, capturing and processing your thoughts also helps you gain perspective on situations that occur in life, right? You could, I don't know, have an argument with somebody. You could have an argument with your boyfriend or your girlfriend and um, you might in the moment think that the thought you had to lead to that argument was perfectly rational and you understand exactly why it happened. But if you go back and retrace those thoughts and in a diary, in the notes section of your phone, or as, as voice notes to yourself, like just really dig into what you think happened and develop those thoughts, you might actually gain a new perspective on what's really causing an argument, what's really causing a thought in your mind, what's really causing you to act in a certain way. So I think there's a lot of value uh, in that sense. And then finally, it just helps improve your level of and quality of thinking which I don't need to tell you is important in so many areas of life. And so it has benefits, right? Capturing and really considering your thoughts has a lot of benefits. And that's why I think in a really long and roundabout way, uh, I think that everybody should journal. And like I say, I don't journal in a written form, really, other than the newsletter. But I do uh, spend half an hour every single week talking into this microphone to you and this is my way of journaling essentially this is my way of capturing uh processing and understanding thoughts and i think without this um i don't know i just wouldn't have such clarity on on anything really because thoughts do literally cover everything from like our greatest ambitions to our deepest fears we think about all of that stuff all of the time and I think that it sometimes helps to pluck some of those thoughts like I do on this podcast and just face up to them and go into detail so look I know all of that sounds weird but I promise you having done it myself doing it right now as we speak I promise it's worthwhile
Okay, and then the other completely random thing, which is entirely unrelated to anything I've spoken about so far, uh, that I want to talk about this week, is about speaking into a camera. And this also comes from something I tweeted. So earlier today, I literally just tweeted this. I said, feeling comfortable talking to a camera will be one of the most important skills in the next five years. Go through the uncomfortable part now whilst you have time on your side. And I can explain this quickly, but I think it's really important. So I will uh, talk about it for a second. For generations, being able to read and write have been the single most important barriers to entry when it comes to being able to communicate effectively. And then, of course, more recently with the uh, the invention of things like telephones, uh, being able to speak like I am to you right now, speak in audio form, speak on the phone, speak to people in person when it's one to one has been just as important right it has been a barrier to entry of being able to communicate effectively and communicating effectively is of course a barrier to entry to almost everything but that's changing of course all of those things are just as important yes of course you need to be able to read and write yes of course you need to be able to have a conversation with somebody and look them in the eye but there's a new medium that is already massively prevalent and in this covid world is about to become even more important and it's talking into a camera. And the reason this thought came out is we're working with a client who were about to start producing video-based LinkedIn content on their behalf. So they film the content, we will edit, upload it on their behalf, right? And I filmed a little trial video today. Like I showed them, I, I sat down with a camera, spoke into the camera and explained to them our filming process so that when they're in front of the camera, they trust the process already and they don't need to learn it on the spot. And basically I sat down, I hit, re- I put a lapel mic on, stuck the camera on a tripod, sat down, hit record. And I spoke for five minutes with absolutely no worry, no fear, straight into the camera. Sounds weird to say this, but like smashed it, like one take, completely uh, perfect. Uh, chucked it into the editing software, edited it very quickly, sent it over to them. It was a task that... I didn't even blink whilst I was doing and a task which took maybe 20 minutes. A year ago, it would have taken me a whole day. I would have been shitting myself. I would have been really uncomfortable. I would have found it weird. I would have needed to make sure that I did it at a time when nobody else was in the office. I would have edited the shit out of it. And all of those things, all of those things that would have been stopping me mentally as a barrier in my mind would have been stopping me from being able to communicate effectively. Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, things like Loom that we send to clients, everything revolves around video now. And so not being able to look into a camera, whether it's a big professional video camera like the one we use, or whether it's like the video camera on your phone that you can stare into and talk, if you don't feel comfortable speaking into a camera... I think that puts you at a disadvantage. It puts you at a disadvantage professionally as so much moves online and as so many opportunities are at the other end of something like a high-reaching social post. And I think in a weird way, it also puts you at a a disadvantage socially because so much social interaction, particularly right now, but definitely more so in the future, even in a post-COVID world, is video-based. It's so much easier to express your emotions or get across how you're really feeling if you send a Snapchat video compared to 
typing words, right? It's so much easier to feel a real connection with a family member who lives on the other side of the world if you can speak really naturally into the front-facing camera on your phone on FaceTime compared to typing words to them or even just doing a video, sorry, a phone call. It's so much easier to win trust with somebody who you want to work for if it's a job interview or somebody that you want to work with if it's a potential client if you can sit on skype stare directly down the lens of your webcam and with confidence speak to them as if it's completely normal right speaking into a camera feels unnatural it feels weird and it's something that you need to do enough before it starts to feel normal and before you start to get comfortable with it but I think that the important thing right now is that we all have time on our sides. We're not yet in a place where the majority of things are done by video. We're not yet in a place where you're actually materially disadvantaged if you can't just look into a camera and talk like it's the most normal thing in the world. But I do think, like I said in that tweet, in a few years time, we're probably going to be in that place. Like, the social algorithms are already putting you at a disadvantage if you can't do it. And so that's going to get people more and more used to video content. And this thing's going to snowball. So if you want a business that's able to reach people, if you want to be able to get the best jobs through remote interviews, if you want to be able to connect with people on a more human level, I really do think, as as underrated a skill as it sounds, I really do think that literally being able to sit in front of a camera and talk to it like it's your mate, or like it's somebody who's actually interviewing you for a job, or like it's a client, imagining that the camera is a person and communicating with it in the exact same way that you would a real person is going to be an important skill. And I don't really have anything else to say on that. I just think that it was a thought worth sharing because it's a prediction that I think will absolutely come true. Like video is going to become way more important and the written word, whilst it still is absolutely Uh, like unspeakably powerful in so many ways as a ratio of communication is going to begin to get drowned out so look just just sit with your phone and talk into it record snapchat stories that you never send to people put your front face and camera on open up the video app on your phone and just practice talking to it because it's my prediction at least that in the next five years that is going to be one of the most important employability and social skills that we can possibly have and that's it that's all i have this week a really really random episode no structure a bit of an update a few thoughts but yeah i hope that you took something from that uh, thank you as always for listening i hope you have a good week i'm off to watch the apprentice best bits right now it'll be on iplayer by the time you listen to this six episodes 15 years worth of the apprentice it should be fun Uh, And yeah, I will see you back here this time next week for episode number 44 of Life and Lessons. See you then. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? 
Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.